with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Tetlopschlich, and today we dive into the deep and unknown exciting ocean of our creative minds together with John Adams and Cole. Fire John! Hey Ted, how's it going? I'm great, I'm great, and I sit with John here in his lovely, beautiful house in Cove. He's just started the fire. I might do a couple of images and post it maybe later on, on Instagram. Nice and cozy now. Yeah, it's lovely. We already had last week our episode, uh, the first episode of three, and time flies. John said it's just 15 minutes, and it was already 25 minutes, you know, and, and you listen to the song, Mean Motherfucker. <laughs> I hope you like it. We're gonna we're gonna have a second today as well. So at at the, at the end of the podcast, uh, but first of all, I would say, okay, back to John. John is artist in the first view and, and second drama musician as well. Is originally from Dublin. We said all that already. Yeah, yeah, but 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 this is this is we're already in the second part, and some listeners didn't didn't. Oh yeah, so yeah. we know that already as well. Where I would like to go now is is back to the past. Actually, you grow up in Dublin, did you? Yeah, I grew up well until I was eight in Dunleary, and then moved to Bray, which is in County Wicklow, and I. Grew up there, really, in Bray, in Wicklow, which is a seaside town, not very different to Cove. Yeah. It's got the Victorian buildings, it's got a bandstand, it's got a promenade. Yeah. Uh, Bray is surrounded by the beautiful County Wicklow, and Cove is surrounded by beautiful Great Island, which is an incredible island, full of interesting walks and beautiful nature. Like we have the most beautiful woods here that I know in Cork, which is called Marlogue Woods. So uh, I really enjoyed walking there. It's kind of unique because it's right beside the sea. And um, you've got many different areas of the woods that have completely different kind of trees. So you get a different fibre as you walk around the woods. And there's some hills to walk up and down. So you get a bit of exercise and of course, you can go out onto the beach and it opens up into Cork Harbour, which is the second largest natural harbour in the world. Ooh. You know, it's actually 50 miles to drive around Cork Harbour from the entrance, well, from one side to the other. Yeah. And it's only about three quarters of a mile across if you went across the water. So it's an incredible harbour with an incredible history. You know, the British were in control of Ireland for, they say, 800 years or whatever it was. And this was their most important harbour, especially when they colonised America. The south of Ireland was basically where the British fleet would have been hiding and protecting the Atlantic trade. 
You know, and of course, you know all about the Irish famine. It was basically genocide by the English, the British. We had a population of 8 million before the famine. And after the famine, we had a population of 4 million. Hell of a lot of people starved. I'm not sure of the exact figure, but probably something like a million people starved. And the rest emigrated. And the story of Cove is one of emigration, really, till we have so many people who left Ireland to go to America or to Australia from Cove. So it's it's a lot of sadness. I mean, the, the pier where people left go on the Titanic. Yes. It was its last port of call here. They um they left from the Heartbreak Pier, it's called, which is still here, even though the Irish government don't look after it. It's a, it's just a few rotting pieces of woods looking out of the ocean it hasn't been in any way looked after or preserved by anybody it's unbelievable like if it was in any other country most countries appreciate their culture and their heritage but in this country they don't give a damn the governments of Ireland like you can see it in Cork City this will bring me around to talking about another body of work that I did because we talked about my Animals Matter series. In the first episode, so... You know, most of, most of the series of paintings that I do have a reason for doing them and they're trying to get a message across and quite often they're very political. And in 2008, I started a series of paintings and they were all about Cork Harbour, which I'm very passionate about because I, I'm a sailor and I love swimming and sailing, although I wouldn't swim in Cork Harbour. It's filthy and you've got a hundred pharmaceutical factories around the harbour, so I don't trust the water at all. But I do sail in the harbour and I have a beautiful catamaran, which is a very fast dinghy and um, terrifies the bejesus out of me sometimes. Oh my God, it is so fast. You can get into hairy situations around this harbour. It's got very strong currents. It's... Um, very busy shipping lanes in and out of the harbour. It's a very busy port. There's a lot of islands in the harbour as well. So you, you really have to know what you're doing when you're sailing in Cork Harbour. But in 2008, I was concerned about how many factories were going up, how many pharmaceutical factories were going up, and the, the whole beauty of the harbour was being destroyed right from 2008. If you saw the difference between then and now, you wouldn't believe there's a huge amount of heavy industry gone into Cork Harbour since then. Uh, as I mentioned, the container terminal, which is really huge and very ugly, and it got a massive amount of light pollution at night time. But also, you've got all the pharmaceutical factories. So I started doing paintings of Cork Harbour in 2008, and I painted it from every different angle. And you can imagine a harbour that's 50 miles to drive around there's a lot of different angles you can paint it. So I did 57 different paintings of Cork Harbour. Wow. Did you paint already in, in Dublin? That's so you used to live in Dublin. No, no, I didn't. I, I, I started painting in Dublin, obviously, but I was only a kid. I left when I was 20. I went to the art college in Dublin and Dunleary. Just as a matter of reference for all your listeners, I went to every art college in Ireland, all four of them, and I got kicked out of the model because I basically wanted to learn painting. And none of the art colleges in Ireland teach painting, would you believe? It's a horrendous fact to tell you. Even 40 years ago? Yeah, even 40 years ago. They stopped teaching painting skills in the 60s in Ireland. And it's something that really disappointed me. And I was completely disillusioned 
the type of rubbish that they teach you in art college. They don't even have a joined up philosophy to tutors in art college is what they're trying to get you to, to learn. It's just complete rubbish. So you studied around 2000, eh? 1980. You're getting I'm sorry, sorry, 1980. <laughs> don't forget yeah. I'm similar age to yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. That's uh, Actually, you're younger than, than myself. So, look, I basically had problems around my tutors because they didn't want me to paint. They didn't want me painting in the traditional way. Why? You know, I wanted to learn how to paint properly. Okay. So I was doing things like still lives. Yeah. And life drawing yeah. and the figure painting yeah. and landscapes and all that. And the tutors were trying to get me to do all this kind of conceptual rubbish. That's so it wasn't already called visual art at the time as you studied it or was it still just fine art? Well, visual art is fine art. Fine art is visual art. It's the same thing. It's just different name. Basically, I didn't get on in the art colleges. So I got kicked out of four art colleges. They said I was unteachable. But basically, they weren't teaching anything I'm interested in. Do you know that ever since then and to this very day, it's more important to these tutors in art colleges and to the people who are running our art galleries in this country, it's more important how you write about your work than the work itself, which is probably the most horrendous thing I can tell you about the arts in Ireland. It's absolutely horrendous, you know, to apply for grants in this country You have to be an arts administrator or trained. Oh, I know, I know, yeah. Art administrator. Yes, yes, yes. You know, like yes. I tried to apply for a traditional artist grant last yeah. year. Yeah. And they, uh, there was 23 pages to read before you even fill out. So, oh, <laughs> no, you know, I, know. I, I just give up, like, because yeah. I'm an artist. I don't have that kind I'm of reality. I'm, I'm not a business person. I'm not an administrator. But this is what... The two uh, parties who are in power in Ireland, the two main political parties, yeah, they they have put all the wrong people in power in the arts in Ireland. Very administrative type people. This is people who don't even have qualifications yes. in art. Yeah. Like you know, the head of the artist council. He's a corporate lawyer. All right. No, these are the type of people, uh, and I could go on and on. I don't want to rant, <laughs> but I don't. Want I don't. I don't. I'm the boring yeah, people uh, and yeah. listeners. It, it it is what I know is it is for a lot of people. It is really difficult, and they they struggle with it. And I can understand that because I normally do that as well. But I focus this year on on proposals. You learn a lot. You get into the system, and because you get an answer, and and you see how many artists not getting the grants, and that are from 200 artists, 195, you know, don't get it, don't get it, yeah. you know. That shows, on the other hand, I understand. Okay, I get that as well. M the money is restricted as well somehow, and the arts council gets just. Such and such and such amount of money, you know, and and they they have to find a fair way how they're gonna divide the money to the artists, you know. Yes, but uh, look at so the people who are good at filling out the forms are the ones who get the grants. Yeah, sure. So uh, sure. maybe not the best artists who yeah, sure. say, you know, sure. How, how who am I to judge? But all I'm saying is I'm no good at doing it, so I've given up. 
with the Irish Idol Council. I won't be applying for any more grants. I know, I know, and I, I know a lot of friends did, but do not lie. So many times have been humiliated by their totally derogatory, humiliating uh, rejection letters, and I know, I know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't correct that everyone's concern as well. No empathy for artists, or no understanding of the arts, or how artists. It is still part of the system. I know. Great, great outside administrators are not business people. And artists are quite sensitive. But the Arts Council is run by politicians. And the politicians, in my mind, hate the arts and they're anti the arts. Most right-wing governments do hate the arts. They don't like creative people. They don't like people who are in any way different. And I honestly believe the two main political parties in Ireland do their best to stifle the arts. They pay off artists like Estona. The people in Estona, they're all paid off. They get that 350 euros a week. Uh, Keeps them quiet. You mean mean the basic income for artists? If you speak out in this country, you get blacklisted, just like I am. Uh, I'm probably the most blacklisted artist in this country. Because I tell the truth, say what's going on. So do you people with John Adams here in Attitude, the most blacklisted artist here in Ireland? I think so. Like, I've been told I'm blacklisted by some of the administrators, you know. They won't even allow me to apply to the galleries, you know. So I know I am. I mean, you know what? To me, I know my people love my work. I sell my work. I've got followers. You know, these people are running the galleries and the arts council and all that. They're the wrong people, in it? That's why the arts is so boring in Ireland and so unwelcoming. You know, the local galleries in this country, they don't even invite local people. They don't want local people to come into their galleries. They don't want... Uh, I mean, I don't want normal people. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, the West Park Art Centre in Skibbereen, they have the members show once a year as well there. And everyone is invited to exhibit their work for six weeks. Which is a, somehow... I'm, I'm talking about... I'm not talking about every place. You know, yeah. not every place isn't as bad as that. But I can tell you, a lot of the galleries are full of conceptual art. I know, I know, no, I know, I know. I mean, kind of installation where you have to go in and read about three or four big pages on the wall to even understand what you're looking at. Yes. Like, you know, last year we had in this gallery here, we had a a corrugated metal shed taken up the whole gallery for a whole year. Yeah. You know, and it had a load of burnt timber on the outside of the floor. Yeah. And people walk in and they go, what the fuck is this? I know, I know. And and then the, the next room beside it, it had a bunch of computers on tables and all these shelves with, with electrical equipment on it. Yeah. And that was there for a whole year. Like, yeah. And people are just walking around like normal people go in there. And they think, what the fuck is this? This art? Is this yeah. art? Like, you know, and this is what they're putting in these publicly funded galleries. And they don't give a shit what people think. But I mean, if they're to believe, if you go deep. If you know, yeah, please, no, I know. I know. Don't I know. forget, the people are the ones who pay for their wages. And it's the curators egos, that's all that, that they're interested in, is getting these so-called artists with a name in there, and whatever's in fashion. Yeah, I know, that's that's part of the game as well. It's interesting, no, I know. people I know. think, I know. Well, anyway, Dave, yeah. I was trying to talk about my painting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, see, you, see, you see where we're going now, so, so that's, that's, that's all of it. I mean, we, we had as well already a chat, chat about Rembrandt, who was one of the painter anarchists. Yeah, Rembrandt, in his later life, when, after he went bankrupt, he started doing some really radical paintings. Like, after he'd been spent many years painting all the wealthy 
of Amsterdam and Holland. Like, for example, he got commissioned to paint a massive big painting for the new town hall in Amsterdam. I mean, he was so pissed off at all the wealthy and powerful that he did this painting of them all like pigs in a trough around a table. It looked like it was based on The Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci. But... It was horrendous, like it made them all look really ugly and obscene and it was just amazing. And it was painted in a really kind of rough style, a bit like Francis Bacon, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely wonderful. And um, But of course the painting got rejected and he ended up cutting it up. And only a fragment of it is left, which happens to be the table and the people sitting around it. So at least we still have that to look at. I wanted to explain to you, Dad about my paintings of Cork Harbour, right? Yeah. So I was trying to highlight the fact that Cork Harbour was being destroyed, right? And then it was a natural progression for me, continued through the harbour all the way up into Cork City, which is where I lived for 20 years. And at the time I was living up in beautiful old St. Luke's. Yeah. And I am very fond of old architecture, uh, in particular stonework, as I was telling you earlier. And... So many of the beautiful old buildings in Cork were getting torn down, demolished. Cork City Council has a policy of letting property developers buy up sections of the city. And these property developers have no interest in the old buildings. Uh, they just want to let them rot. They even leave holes in the roof. So, so, so that's the building will fall down. And then they can demolish. Then they can yeah. demolish. So what's the same journey. And they'll build all these ugly new glass buildings. Which is what's happened in Cork City. Now, I was so passionate about these old buildings that I used to stay awake at night with the anger and the... I, I was personally... It was like somebody sticking a fucking knife in my heart. Some of these beautiful old buildings, the, the craftsmanship that went into them, the stonework, the woodwork, the design, the architecture, and it was just totally being demolished. The beautiful old city of Cork. And... There's some terrible examples now that you can see today, like Navigation House that was taken over by O'Callaghan Developments, which are probably the worst developers in the city. Everything they build is really ugly. Like, yeah. You know, they destroyed Lavitt's Key. There was a very old building there, which they had to preserve. So they built this monstrosity all around it, on top of it, so that you can barely even notice this old building. Now yeah. Because it's just part of this huge, ugly development. And then over on the Keys is Navigation House. All they kept is the front wall. And then there's this massive big glass office block all around it. And then over the other side, by the railway station, they ripped out all those beautiful sandstone railway buildings. They tore down the insides of them. They took off the roofs and they built these massive big office blocks they had a hotel on top of them and all they kept was the outside wall again and it's like they have no interest in preserving our heritage it's just a facade it's just the wall that's left behind they and you know I oh god I'm on a rant now I'm sorry but <laughs> I, I so what I did was I painted all my favourite buildings in Cork City and I painted some of the modern buildings as well. But basically, the whole purpose of all these paintings of the harbour and the city was to like, preserve what was there, to show people what was there before this destruction. But 
also to highlight the destruction of our city during the so-called Celtic Tiger, which, in my mind, has destroyed this country, like it's turned the Irish into a different species altogether. Like beforehand, we were an empathic, uh, friendly, caring, lovely nation of people. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, there's still a lot of nice people. Yeah, I, I, like I say, I, I wouldn't generalize it. I know what you mean. But greed seems to have taken over our country. You look what's happened with the homeless situation, like, that would have never been allowed before the Celtic Tiger. Yeah. Like politicians to sell off people's mortgages to vulture funds. You know, yeah. those political parties, the two of them, they've sold off the country to the corporate elite. Like the, these American companies would come in, uh, English companies, they bought the whole country. They've even sold our forests off to an American fucking investment fund. Like uh, all the forests of Ireland, no. we'll to Like, it's horrendous. For I mean, take take Bentry Bay. I mean, help the Celt. There was, I think, a Canadian company who was trying to get all the Celt, you know, in order to make money with it. You know, this this action, this group, help the Celt. Oh, yeah, and they, they do really a very good job, you know. To, they win. They, they won. Yeah, that's too wild. Like in Cousin Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, they do their best to help big business. Yep. They don't give a damn about the environment. They don't yep. give a damn about the people of this country. To my mind, they are the ultimate traitors of our country. These two, I mean, like they're total self-serving, ignorant people. Like they don't have any culture or they're not interested in culture or heritage, you know? Yeah, but fortunately there, there are still enough people which are standing up against it. Well, I don't and think there are. I, I'm I'm horrified and, and how apathetic our country has become. Like if you look back to the 70s, our streets were full like hundreds of thousands of people in Dublin fighting for apartheid in South Africa. Yeah. You know, for for another country. Yeah. People are standing up yeah. for, you know, rights of people in South Africa. Yeah. But now, like, I mean, we had people demonstrating for the water charges. Yeah. Uh, and the old people against them, um, they were trying to take the medical cards off the old people. Yeah. They came out in the streets. What happens sometimes in Bali the Hop and, and the area over there is if they try to cut the ambulance and everything, you know, that people people yeah. going on the road. But it's just maybe 10, 20 people, you know, that more. But, but even this 20, and sometimes they have fundraisers in, in Bali the Hop. And for instance, the Oasis Coffee over there, a friend of mine is running that. He's quite activistic, even in the, in the help to help. And you know, there's a lot of cool people living in West Cork. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, the police picking on them for growing a few cannabis plants. Like, it's yeah. outrageous. You know, the police have got a lot to answer for. They've been shutting down businesses in uh, in Cork that are selling, you know, like uh, hemp oil or what's it called? Yeah. CBD oil that people need for their health. And uh, the police are going around shutting these businesses down. And these people are, like, the police are, are disgraced. Like, you know, the, know. the, the actual, the, you know, the way they pick on cannabis users... When they know, and I have faced the, the I had stood up in a police meeting uh, in County Hall, in Cork County uh, Hall, uh, where they were discussing the policing for the next six years. And I said to them, what are your policies? They're not working. Anything you're doing, look at the drums are getting, the problems are getting worse and worse. And what are you doing? You're going around criminalizing people, putting them in jail. It's not doing any good. And the, the, the two uh, superintendents, they stayed great with me. And then I said to the county manager, Tim Lucy, I said to him, what are your policies? What are you doing about the drug problems in Cork County? 
and he had no antinomic. He had no trojality. So, so I would say, so because we're all already at the end of, of, of this episode, and um, if you people want to see John's art, he has a website. It, it, it is John Adams artist.ie John Adams artist.ie and he has as well an Instagram account Instagram is John Adams paintings and Facebook is John Adams and you'll see a picture of me with a yellow shirt yeah so so, so if you want if you're interested in this work you can you can look there uh, um, you can follow the Isle of Westcock artists on Facebook uh, and, and become a member of the group or go to Instagram at Dutchlish, at Attitude, or at Alaf Westcock Artist, where I'm gonna post as well all the time things, issues daily from Westcock, from our show, and and and. I would say uh, before we we leave you, dear listeners, we're gonna play a song. Do you know already which one we're gonna play now? It's uh, from John's band, the guy. It's the Crow Daddies, and it'll be Back Off Baby. The band members is up. Uh, so there was uh, Poodle, the singer, Robert Blair, and Donald Young on bass, and Alistair Moore on guitar, and myself, John Adams, on drums. Okay, well, it's, it's a different band. So I saw the, uh, the Crow Daddies. The, the Crow Daddies, okay. So. Uh, we were in London, London-based band in Brixton and London from 1985 to 1991. You see, and dear people, so we maybe come to that in the third episode that we can speak a little bit about uh, the longer time as well yeah well, I would say thank you very much John thank you Dad we still have a third episode we might get to talk about my art eventually oh you did it already you know? we didn't we only touched upon it we didn't even talk about the art okay dear listeners dear John take care bye 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 bye
You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.